Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. I hope you know how important this mixtape tri- uh, trilogy. Bleh. I hope you notice that this mix, the mixtape trilogy is so important to what we're doing right now. And the reason why is because we hear the music every generation all the way to Generation Alpha, but they don't know the story. And you're putting the story there for us to learn more about what's going on. Thank you for saying that and noticing that. Uh, uh, we Yeah, we tried to choose um, a wide variety of music, different genres, uh, definitely across a wide span of time all these musicians are still uh creating out there performing um but yeah we do unpack the music a little bit so you can see a little bit behind the scenes kind of the story behind the music and how uh fans connect to it well one of the biggest connections that we've had in all these years it goes beyond country music but rather it was hip-hop and it spoke a language to all races i mean we all we all took it in and we all learned about other communities and other regions of this nation yeah, you know, I um, I I do remember when I first started listening to hip hop. It was mostly through some films, Spike Lee films, right, and um, a little bit more before that too. But I got I don't know that I appreciate so much how uh, universal it is, how it's just spread all over mm-hmm. the world, and um, all these artists are taking the form and doing their own thing with it. Um, until I started working on this film, you know, I was reading about it. There's some great books about hip hop music um, that, that kind of explain the context of it in terms of I don't know world music history. Um, yeah, it's such an influential art form. I love the title of it, Mixtape, because uh, my generation especially, we understand what mixtapes are because we used our tapes to basically share our emotions with our friends. Hey, here's my mixtape. Here's here's what's going on. And I, I used to do rock and roll love letters with, with music and stuff. And, you know, because if you wanted to say something special to a girl, put it on the tape. Yeah, that is so... That is so true. Um, yeah, because you didn't have any other language, really. You know, I didn't have those kind of skills to try to you know communicate with somebody else so a piece of music goes a long way and it has so much emotion in it you know if you really are putting together a mixtape and you're trying to make that kind of an overture for a romantic relationship i can't think of a better way to do it than with music i mean you know that's why frank's and people fell in love listening to frank sinatra i mean it's just there's something in there that um the words can't express. Well, you, when you bring up Frank Sinatra and things like this, I mean, even these brand new movies, the, the opening scenes will have a Sinatra song. And I'm going, who are they trying to reach here? Everybody. You know, and that, <laughs> that's what's great about music. Yeah, it's so true. I know I think about that, too, sometimes. Like, God, this song is like decades old and it's still, <laughs> you know, thought of as the go to for, like you're saying, a romantic, you know, story. Yeah, there are so many different levels of putting mixtape the trilogy together. I mean, from from the research, the idea. Now we've got to go in and we've got to do post production, and then and then and then basically to sell the idea. What what part of the level did you find the learning process that you found something new about you and about what how to grow music forward? Ooh, um, that's a really great question. I guess I. You know, filmmaking is such a collaborative process. Yeah. It starts with an idea, and, it, and it's great. A lot of us have ideas about what would make a good film. Um, but putting the resources together to actually make it, you know, the you have to have the financial resources, of course, but the talent, 
that knows how to put something together. And I am lucky because I work with all these filmmakers who uh, like I've worked on a lot of music docs and um, the collaboration is what makes it better. I mean, there's, there's tension, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes little, you know, arguments, Um, all all of that energy makes the end product better. Um, And that was probably the biggest thing that I learned if I'm answering your question correctly about, through the course of this filmmaking um, was just in the post-production process in particular, when you really have to sit down and look at what you have and figure out how it's going to be cut together to uh, tell a coherent story. Um, I learned a lot in that process. I'm totally with you on the collaboration. And the, I I remember uh, studying Julia Cameron's, the artist way at work where you could have nine Mm -hmm. people around a table and all nine of those people have an idea, make it work. And, and, and that really opened up my eyes as to, you know, when you, when you surround yourself with other creative people, listen, that seems to be a tool. Yes. And that's a great book that you're mentioning too. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. And also just, you know, sometimes your ego has to kind of push things through and then there are times when you have to pull back and that's not, I mean, you have to, somebody has to be there, for example, when you're going to be filming this interview and organize everybody and ask the questions and make the, you know, make sure the subject feels comfortable. I mean, somebody has to kind of be in charge there. Right. And then there's other times when you're working on a film and you kind of have to step back and let particularly the editor. Um, and we have a great one on this. Pete Lynch is brilliant. Um, he put things in this film that I never thought of. Um, that it, that can't happen unless you step back and let that creative energy kind of come into the room and play with all the other creative energy. Well, editors live in their own world. I mean, that that's one thing about, you know, I, I loved going into that moment. But the thing is, though, is that now you've got to convince those around you. It's almost like you have to become a salesperson to represent the idea that you're putting into play. Yeah. That's true. And sometimes you lose. Yeah, sometimes. Come on. (laughs) Um, But other times, you know, like for me, there are parts of this film that were my learning. Mm -hmm. So I was challenged by certain things in the film uh, and I in the music, not as familiar with uh, whatever, whatever it might be. There were things in every single one of these stories, even if I knew the music already, that were challenging for me. And I wanted to move through that process because that ended up in the film. Um, And that's what I'd hoped for. I wanted a a little bit of me in there. So it's definitely in there. How close did you get to the music? And the reason this this is a radio guy question, because radio people don't have music memories. We have memories of what studio we were in when we were playing those songs. So what about you? How close did you get to those songs? Well, we, each one is just kind of taken apart, Yeah, you know? So I'd say very close. I mean, my, I studied literature and poetry in particular, and I, I like taking things apart like that. And so we just did that with the music, um, with the lyrics, with how, um, certain pieces were arranged. Um, we, we made it a point to, look at the piece and speak to the human experience mm-hmm. of of that music how it connects people together what uh the fan ex- is experiencing when they're listening to it how it changed their life but 
one of the ways that we did that was by kind of taking the music apart. Uh, what was the inspiration for it? Uh, where did that lyric come from? Why did you think to um, use this particular instrument? How did, you know, uh, like in Vijay's piece, how, it was for, originally created for the sextet. So, you know, he's got all these different kind of wheels turning. Um, we get to see that in the film. Um, I, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I've seen anything else like what we have in our film. And I don't speak about that in an arrogant way. It's just, I just really don't think that there is. And I, I hope that that's true for the viewers too, that they're really getting an experience in this film that they haven't had before. Yeah. Um, with the music. Well, yeah. it, what what draws us in is that you you actually put us in the front row. That that's how I felt. It's a, it's like wow, I'm sitting right here and I'm I'm learning something. Oh, now I'm now I like this music even more because I've heard the story. I mean, it, it just keeps growing. Oh, that's really great to hear. I'm really happy to hear that. Front row. Okay, yeah. Who doesn't want to sit in the front row? Absolutely. <laughs> the, the the to do this, you know, you had to do the interviews. But so often these these creative people don't want you to know their interpretation. Did you hit that wall at all in the way of going, no, really, tell me tell me what's going on. Well, what do you feel from it? No, 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 it's, it's not about me, how I felt. Where did you get this? Yeah, well, that definitely was a consideration. Um, musicians, not all of them want to speak about the process because it's mysterious and yeah. kind of magical. And as there's something that can be, uh, taken away in in a, in a sense by breaking things down too much right and i i really was trying to be careful of that you know if you break something down too much into all of its little pieces and parts and try to understand it then you kind of lost the the magic of it we didn't want to do that we wanted to kind of hit that little balance point where there was enough of a window or a door opening into the particular piece so you could really understand where it was coming from and see where it kind of can go um but not break it down too much that you just can't enjoy the piece anymore yeah. we want the viewer as they're watching the film and i hope we achieve this um to enjoy the music because there's a lot in it um and you know we spent a fair amount of our resources making sure that we could have all that music in there so that the the film would be filled with it for the audience. Michael Ford, you put some attention on this guy. I mean, he's got his eye and ear um, on, on the constant changes of hip-hop. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, he's got entire Excel spreadsheets. With yeah. <laughs> um, dozens, you know, hundreds of every song you can think of. Um, yeah, he's a really... Um, uh, interesting guy and he's got a, a an interesting way of approaching hip-hop i when i first met him i really didn't hip-hop architect mm -hmm. uh, you know please explain what that is um we do the, do that in the film and it's um re really compelling um what he's what he's doing by creating architecture um camps for kids to introduce them to architecture through hip-hop music See, and I love a brilliant mind like that. It's like, you know, a seed becomes a tree, a tree sacrifices its life. So we have a piece of paper, then we create a conversation. I mean, and I love that when they can break things down for the human imagination. Yes, yes. Um, we definitely needed to break it down in the film so that we understood it too as filmmakers, what he was doing. Um, and I think we've done that. Um, we had a lot of fun with the graphics with that to kind of illustrate um, all those connections he's making between architecture and hip-hop.
See, and bringing real people in there to talk about it is it, it's so important to me as as someone who loves music because I don't I don't like documentaries where it's family friends telling the story. It's like, no, I want to hear that person tell me the story about what's going on. So I mean, you you know, you guys were very disciplined in making sure that you got it. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I think all of the you know, all of the subjects were very forthcoming. Um, they shared a lot about their lives with us and that's always a um it's not a risk it's something that you have to build you have to build trust with the subject so that they feel comfortable enough sharing those things with you and then um through that process that we want to make sure that the audience feels the same emotion i'm feeling in the room Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if someone's kind enough and feels comfortable enough to share that story with me then we want to we're ultimately delivering it for the audience so we want them to feel that too and i think all of these subjects um do that um they explain their love of, of music why this musician touched them a certain way and how they that person or those musicians changed their lives um i think it's one thing to be really uh, connected to music and listen to it and touched by it when you're in a car and you're doing this or that, but to actually do something with your life mm-hmm. through music um, is a whole nother level. And I think that we we have three stories that show that. Well, speaking of changing lives, the Indigo Girls changed radio. I mean, adult contemporary radio was Michael Bolton and it was Rod Stewart. And then here came this new girl group, the Indigo Girls. And all of a sudden we were playing a new sound, which to me opened up the door for R.E.M. to get out there. It also opened up the door for Hootie and the Blowfish. I think they were one of the first. Yeah. And I think they also I mean, their harmonies are just stunning. God, So it just stops you in your tracks. And. But I also think for women, you know, it's very empowering to see women up on stage doing that. Um, it, you know, playing the guitar. I mean, uh, Emily Saliers is a fantastic guitar player. Mm. I mean, you, you go to shows and she pulls out that electric guitar. She's amazing. <laughs> um, these are women that have been doing this for decades. Um, but at the time when they came out, there weren't that many bands. I mean, there were, you know, Joan Jett and... Uh, you have the Go-Go's and whoever it is, it doesn't even have to be just one. Whoever it is, it's empowering to see that um, when you're a young woman or a girl that, oh, I can take center stage. I can create this music. I can reach out to an audience. I can have a creative life. I can have something to say and a way to do it in a really powerful way. Yeah, they definitely um, set the you know they set they open things up for everybody yeah this is an oddball question when you dig into music history like the way that you have during this project were you visited by the spirit of a dick clark or casey Kasem? because those were the real teachers back in the 70s and 80s even before that huh that's a great question i'm gonna refer to um a DJ that in Chicago that just passed away on WXRT, Lynn Bramer. Mm. And I'm getting emotional talking about it. It's funny. I never met him, but he is such a great influence on, for me in terms of introducing music. Yeah. Um, he's a, you he just uh, had such eclectic tastes and he was playing, you know, talking heads. He's playing you too. Mm-hmm. And he was interviewing them, you know, at the very beginning and, get just a great taste maker but he was also a storyteller and uh had a real like philo- uh, like he was a philosopher yeah, you know yeah. about music i would say 
he was probably the one that um, he shaped a lot of my musical taste. Yeah. Well, you, you, you say it inside the documentary that, that, you know, that music is an outlet. It's a valve stem on a car tire. And that I, I never even thought about that. It's like because they, they, they can't hold it in. So many artists tell me they go, look, I got to do what I got to do. And, and, and they looked at that lockdown as being that open space where they could explore. Yeah, I think it, it was a, you know, there's a, there was definitely a silver lining in there for hopefully most of us or all of us. I know it was harder on some people than others. A lot of the artists I read interviews about, uh, even Talib Kweli in our film was talking about this recently. It allowed him to stop being on tour so that he could create. He didn't have to be traveling all over the place. I know that that was true of Vijay Iyer too, who's in our film. He travels all over the world. Um, and I don't know how he keeps up that schedule, but every time we would interview him, you know, you could feel that he was, you did a great job for us and had a lot of energy, but he had a lot of other things going on, right? Because they're going from this city to that city and um, that's exhausting. Um, So yeah, I think that downtime is a great time to kind of check back in with yourself and create. And I think a lot of these artists had an opportunity to do that like they hadn't had in, you know, years. Did you see a change in the artist in the way that when you spoke of studio time versus live music time? Because I, I truly believe that artists want us to see them live, to experience them live, because that's their soul on that stage. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, Vijay Iyer in particular, I, I wish we would have gotten this in the film one way or another, but I'll mention it now. He can hear what's going on in the room mm. while he's playing and he shifts and adjusts how he's playing, what he's going to play based on that. So if he can hear somebody, you know, up in the sixth row kind of, you know, restless, he, he's, I don't know, he's got just a, such a keen <laughs> sense. He will adjust his performance for that audience person by person. <laughs> um, I I didn't know that musicians did that. Yeah. I mean, I had a sense that maybe they did something, you know, you, you got to uh, get the crowd you know, livened up. So you play this or play a ballad because, you know, I understand that, but this was on a different, what Vijay was doing is on a different level. <laughs> That's part of the performance. I mean, that, I remember talking with Joe Perry of Aerosmith and he says, I have to go out there and I have to find out where the echo points are because I'm going to play off that echo point inside that arena. Oh, wow. Yeah. That stuff. That's fascinating stuff. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's the paintbrush to a lot of these artists, and I love getting inside their heads. How did you know when you, it was like, okay, the interview is is over, we're now having a conversation. In other words, you know when they're sharing the story and not just going through something they've said a million times. Yeah, well, I mean, I I tend to probably sometimes ask questions that are a little too complicated yep (laughs) i mean i'll be honest and then i have to kind of break it down um particularly with somebody like vijay because uh, he's just such he's not only an incredible musician but musician but he has a a brilliant mind uh so i wanted to try to meet him on or close to his level um but indigo girls were they're everything that you hope they would be Mm They're warm and friendly and easygoing, and they they made it easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually pretty nervous to interview them because I 
you know, listened to them for most of my adult life. Um, and I just, they made me, they put me at ease. Um, and we also managed to find a, a space. It was a, a recording studio that was, you know, not for, for professionals, but just anybody that wanted to come in um, out in San Jose area. And I think we created a space for them to feel comfortable because they felt at home. It was like gritty concrete floor oh, with, nice. you know, a ratty carpets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I you know, it was a musician's working place. I think we, we managed to find a place for them to feel that comfortable. Um, and, and, you know, I think all of the artists were very generous um, in, their, their, in their interviews and sharing their thoughts about music, what they think about their fan base and how they try to connect with them and, and the process of creating uh music. I think they were all very generous about that. Wow. You've got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Kathleen. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Thank you. Will you be brilliant today, okay? You have a great day, too. Thank you.